Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Well, welcome back. And before we start, thank you for hitting that subscribe button and right next to it, the share. I appreciate that. We're going to have such fun today. I have my water, so does my guest. We're just going to talk because that's the kind of guest I have today. I want to tell you about Sherry Yellen. She's all about the brain and how it learns. She is a brain-based learning expert. And 20 years ago, she became fascinated by how the brain learns. Well, at that time, she was working at a uh, with a group of manufacturing workers at a major communications company, and she realized that in order to inspire people and optimize organizations, they had to understand the underlying element, the brain. And that was a light bulb moment for Sherry. It turned her toward a quest for studying how the brain learns best. Well, we all want to know that. That was then, and this is now. She went on to earn a PhD, which I can't even imagine doing, and began her company. So let's learn about how our brain learns from the expert, Sherry Yellen. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you. <laughs> welcome. Welcome Thank to the you. show. I think this is such a fascinating topic because in today's world and with so much learning going on now online, Mm. We need to understand how we can put things out there, whether it's an email or content or something you've written, and do it in a way that someone's brain will absorb it. So um, tell us a little bit about that journey. So one of my favorite words is serendipity, and it's, you know, expecting one thing and getting so much more. And so I wanted to be a college English teacher until I became a college English teacher. (laughs) And so it was that, that's really what sparked it. I had a friend who was also named Sherry. She's the one that started that workplace education program, Mm. had me come on board to help her. And I mainly did it so I didn't have to grade any more five paragraph essays. And so took that job and I hadn't been working there very long when one of the employees came in and shared with me that she couldn't read. Oh. And just tears rolling down her cheeks. And, you know, in a way, there was just a whole group of what I call kind of left behind learners. Mm. And so her sister had always worked right beside her and they transferred her sister. And that was her lifeline. And then also where we are in history at this time, that's really where the self-directed work teams were taking off. So, I mean, people were responsible for a lot more than just their manufacturing role. Mm -hmm. And so that's what she wanted help with. So I remember her coming into my cube. Your cube. My cube and shared this with me crying. And all I could do was look at her and say, 
I have no idea how to help you. That's being honest. (laughs) You know, here I'd been a teacher. You know, people stayed awake. They seemed to show some progress in my classes. But yet this was a whole different challenge. So I thought I could just pick up the phone, call a couple of professors, find out how your brain learns, and we would move on. But little did I know that now that decade is considered the decade of the brain. What and decade was this? It was 1990 to 2000 is termed the decade of the brain. Didn't know that. So I'm thinking this was probably around 92, 93. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, at this point, this manufacturing uh, place, still uh, big rolls of copper cable. Uh, fiber optics is just hitting the scene. So it was kind of cool, though, because... Uh, I get almost a front row seat to so many new developments. Mm. Uh, You know, brain technology is the ability to observe the brain while its owner is still alive. (laughs) All sorts of new imaging techniques were coming out at that time. So we were learning so much more, so much faster. Mm -hmm. And so my, my goal was to, I was actually getting my PhD in English at the time. At the time, you were also getting your PhD. But I switched universities, I switched departments so that I could study how does the brain learn because I knew I could help them faster if I just had the secret. But Mm. then in studying that, I started to realize how practical this information was. I mean, parents need to know this, educators need to know this, leaders need to know this and that's what really started the journey of how do we take these principles and put them into context so people can apply them and start getting better results easier so how (laughs) does my brain work can you make it really simple Well, you know, we break it down into seven different principles. And of course, you know, with any principle, you can get it as complicated as you want. But if I had to pull just some highlights, please, one of those is that I believe the greatest one thing we can do is minimize threat. Threat is absolutely toxic Mm. to your brain. Now, is there's an element of threat that can be motivating. For example, if I know I'm going to go speak to a large group of people, the threat of standing up there and not knowing what I'm going to say is going to, you know, motivate me to prepare. But overall, that's not exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about fear, stress, long-term threat. Mm. And it's interesting the time that we're in right now because you can observe how the brain responds when it's under long-term threat. So the greatest one thing you can do, I would share that with parents, educators, definitely leaders, Mm -hmm. is increase trust, decrease threat, because it really does turn on the best parts of your brain. And when your brain is under threat, it simply cannot function uh, at its optimal. Right. And it's just interesting to me because, you know, when you read scripture and it says we've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. And the reason is because as we see threat increase, Mm -hmm. we see actually the part of your brain that allows you to be your best self. You can literally see activity in that part of the brain decrease. 
So stay with that for a moment. Okay. Because you're also with leaders a lot and coaching them and doing workshops and so forth. What are you seeing now in this time of stress when we know from the medical industry that many, many people are going toward medicine and drinking and all kinds of things. People are very stressed. (laughs) Yes. What are you seeing that good leaders are doing to help reduce that threat? What's happening well? What's happening well? Yeah. Well, so I think a big part is communication, Mm -hmm. clear communication. So here's another important principle about your brain. Your brain really doesn't resist change. It resists confusion. It's confusion, typically, that's what spikes the threat or the fear. It's it's uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting right now because not only is there uncertainty in so many different jobs and careers and industries, Mm -hmm. but there's uncertainty in every single area of our life. It's Sort of like the snow globe has been, you know, turned upside down. Right. That's a great visual. (laughs) And so one of the best things that leaders can do is decrease confusion by increasing clarity. Clarity is always the goal. I'll say it a lot to my coaching clients. 99% of the time, confusion is the problem. Clarity is always the goal. So the clearer you can communicate what you do know mm-hmm. and often and listen, that that's the leaders that are really making it through this with a lot less difficulty and a lot less struggle are the ones that are are, are increasing very, very clear communication. So that would be definitely one of them. The second is kind of going back to threat. So in our work, we've taken a look over time at really what are the top threats in the workplace. What are they? (laughs) And so one of those is change or confusion. But the top threat that shows up over and over and over, the top threat in the workplace is actually social rejection. So it's interesting because brain scans of physical pain and brain scans of social rejection are virtually identical. So in a way, when you think about one of our principles that we talk a lot about is threat to the brain is threat to the brain. So your brain really doesn't care if the threat is physical or psychological or emotional, it just responds to threat. Mm -hmm. But almost in the same way, pain to the brain is pain to the brain. Mm -hmm. So whether that pain is physical pain or it's the pain of not feeling a sense of belonging and a sense of worth. That need for a sense of belonging is so critically important. So the leaders that are doing it right, thank you, (laughs) right now are really creating a sense of belonging and team. And you know, we, we work off sometimes, right? Not often, but sometimes you'll get people that think, well, investing in the team right now, that's a business expense. That's a line item that we can cut. Hmm. Absolutely not. Just the opposite is true. The greater the stress, the greater the uncertainty, the greater the confusion, the more important it is to invest in your people, invest in your team, hmm. spend time uh, listening, 
all of that, all of the investments in building that rapport and trust and strength and community within your team, building those relationships, mm-hmm. that's what's going to get you to the results. Mm-hmm. And and that's just a big thing. I, I just believe at any age, whether you're two or 82 or 92 or 102, you that need to feel a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I value you. You can bring your whole self to work and it's okay. And I just, mm-hmm. when you think about the impact of social rejection and even how that's showing up in our world in a whole at a whole elevated level. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, and then the third thing that I would say that we're seeing with all of the things going on right now is whoever you are, it is like magnified right now. So what does that mean? <laughs> well, you know, if you think about a tube of toothpaste, when it's squeezed, what's inside of it's going to come out. And and that is oh. so true right now. So, you know, we do a lot of, and I know you do too, a lot of assessments, personality styles, communication styles, whatever your primary style that's your natural that you lead with, it's like elevated <laughs> to a whole new level, which if leaders are paying attention to that, they can leverage that and capitalize on it, right? And really, uh, really create new things and and create a better team if they understand that about each other and they value it. Or they can elevate conflict if people are not communicating about that and don't have a real good awareness of the different kinds of personalities and behavior styles that are on their team. So uh, those would just be three things that have just surfaced over the last, you know, six or seven months for us. I think that's very well said and very clear. <laughs> yeah, what if what if you are working in an organization and you're the employee and you're on these Zoom calls much of the day and that isn't happening and your fear is rising and you're needing that job so you're not going to make waves mm-hmm. but it's not happening for you. Help someone in that situation. Oh, that's a great question. Uh, You know, one of the questions that I'll tell my, in fact, I had eight hours of Zoom yesterday. Oh, (laughs) eight hours. Eight hours of Zoom yesterday. Coffee. (laughs) But even on some of the coaching calls just this morning, because we work with a lot of leaders in healthcare. So they are definitely experiencing yes. uh, things that, you know, they may have never experienced before. And how do you lead during those times? But one of the questions that I'll tell my clients to ask themselves when you're feeling overwhelmed or when you feel, you know, that you're drowning or or you feel that confusion. That's the interesting thing about threat and fear is it usually comes with a physical feeling. So if we'll pay attention right. to it, mm-hmm. that's what it is. And and most of the time, that fear or threat is coming from a place of uncertainty or confusion. So if someone is not giving you that clarity, ask yourself, where do I need clarity? 
where do I need clarity right now? And I, I do this. I mean, just a few weeks ago, I was having kind of a Monday morning meltdown, you know, because you just look, you? there was a lot going on. A meltdown, on. <laughs> Sherry? And I just put my head in my hands and I said, okay, Sherry, where do you need clarity? Uh-huh. Where do you need clarity right now? And so then that leads you to the next step. Right. Love that. It, it, it's such a simple question, mm-hmm. but in, if we were observing your brain, <laughs> activity in your brain, you would literally see the threat decrease. You would see the prefrontal cortex turned up. And it's it's those kinds of things that I think are so important that right now we are managing the stories in our head. Because what happens is your brain, for the most part, your brain makes predictions, right? We mm. When we don't know, our brain does everything it can to close the gap, which is great that our brain makes predictions when they're accurate. I mean, that <laughs> means you get to stay on the planet longer. <laughs> if those are accurate predictions, the problem is our brain can create a story in milliseconds. And so what we have to think about, you know, our brain is wired to make predictions and give things meaning. So connect the dots, connect the dots, whether it's accurate or not. Mm. We want we don't like the song to not come to a conclusion. Right. So when we're out there and there's so much uncertainty, your brain's doing everything it can to make sense, to give meaning, to close the gap, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And when you think about it, events in and of themselves are neutral. They're neutral events like uh, you know, uh, you sent me this email or in a meeting you said this or this person got the promotion and I didn't. Those are all neutral events until our brain gives it meaning. The problem is our brain can create a story around an event so fast. So I would say if you're in a situation where there is a lot of uncertainty, you're not getting the clarity. Well, first of all, Take responsibility for that. So where can you go get clarity? You have to take responsibility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the second is your thoughts lie and you don't have to believe every one of them. So like really manage the stories Mm -hmm. that are going on in your head. One of my favorite books, I think it's maybe the best book ever written is Where the Wild Things Are. (laughs) <laughs> Where the wild things are. And I don't know that book. So it's a children's book, and oh. you really need to read it because what happens in the book, Max is the main character. He falls asleep at the very beginning of the book, and the whole book is his dream. So the whole book takes place in Max's head, and he goes to where, <laughs> to where the wild things are. <laughs> and some of the wild things want to help him. And some of the wild things want to hurt him and keep him where he is, stuck. And is this resonating? Yes, it is. We all have wild things that live in our head. But one thing that I love about this book is Maurice Sendak wrote the book, but he also illustrated the book. And I heard an interview with him one time, and he said that he fashioned the wild things to look like family members oh his family members (laughs) so that gives it a whole other layer because very often our past experiences or people that have 
you know, that have had been influential in our life, mm-hmm. you, that, that they help put those wild things there. And I just think if we can manage the stories mm-hmm. and not allow our thoughts to run wild with us, that we could have a much more uh, thoughtful mm-hmm. response. And so the point of that is that we have so much ability to create a different outcome if we would just catch the story that our brains automatically created around that event. And <laughs> this is so fascinating. We could talk about this for an hour. So Sherry, what I'm getting from this is we have more control immensely than we think we do. And what I'm also hearing is we need to recognize what stories are going on. This is important because um, when when this new normal happens, whenever that is, mm-hmm. I don't think there'll ever be a normal, but when the new workplace yeah. evolves, I think there's a lot of good that's coming from it. Me too. And I also realize that people show themselves now, like you said, the toothpaste. Mm -hmm. This is the time I'm finding from experience that good leaders, and those are the ones I want to talk about, are those that show up so empathetically. Mm -hmm. Is that the right word? Yeah. Having the empathy and having the uh, emotional intelligence. I've talked to so many leaders, Sherry, who tell me that they, frustratingly, they spend a good 15, 20 minutes, if not more, on these Zoom calls, doing nothing but what you're talking about, settling people down, Mm -hmm. communicating as clearly as possible, communicating often. I was with a a call the other day when the gentleman said, and then I follow up one-on-one. So a lot of good leaders are out there doing those good things. Let me ask you, since fascinating, all of the things that you're saying, um, you mentioned that part of what you're doing now, you felt a calling. Honestly, I felt a calling to do this podcast. Does everyone have the ability to find their calling? And what does that really look like? I think so. I think so. In fact, I say this over and over and over. Anyone who listens to anything I say is probably going to hear me say this at one point or another. But I truly believe that all of us have been given a message and a style of delivering that message that has not been given to anybody else on the planet. And we should honor and protect that gift no matter what. Mm, A gift. It's a gift. And I think the challenge is that either people devalue that. Mm -hmm. uh, They don't know that, you know, maybe they're not recognizing that there are, that they have something very valuable to share. And whether, wherever you are, I mean, you know, whether you are running your own business or you're working for someone else or you're, you know, you're at home and raising children, which is just amazing, or you're yep, in a classroom, it doesn't matter. You have a message that this earth needs, right? This planet needs, and only you can deliver it the way you deliver it. And so, you right. know, part of 
part of when we're working with leaders and part of I have to remind myself is don't try to be like anybody else. Bingo. You, <laughs> your message and your way of delivering that uh-huh. is more than enough. If we could just, if we could just instill that, and if we, I'll speak for myself. If I had embraced that so many years oh, yes. as a younger person, I would tell my twenty-year-old self <laughs> exactly these things. It's taken a lifetime to learn some of them, but that whole thing—you're so right, people. Um, Sometimes that's why coaching is so valuable, mm-hmm. Sherry, because mm-hmm. we can highlight and bring a light to things that maybe we see. And it's not about some big gift like I'm a singer. It can be as simple as being a super mom and leading a family. It can be all kinds of things. So gift doesn't have to be this huge talent. Let me ask you a few other things. What sparks your creativity? Oh, well... I love learning. (laughs) Really? I love learning. In fact, I was thinking about this the other day when I was a little girl. My mom stayed home with us, and she babysat uh, another another girl, and she's like four years older than me. Mm -hmm. And she just retired. She was a teacher. Mm -hmm. And even back when we were so little, she would teach me. I was her student, so I was just thinking about, I've always been a learner, like, not that she wasn't a learner, but I've always been on the side of, I just want to absorb more, I want to learn more, and I'm just a consumer Uh of information, you know, and she was always a teacher, I just, I was thinking about her the other day. That's what sparks your creativity, learning. Mm -hmm. New, New. I love new, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know how there are wow people and how people, I'm a wow I like new ideas. I like to start with a blank page. I love design. So uh, I love to design great learning experiences. And so we have the leadership development side of our business, but I also help other people design. Now, what's common on both sides, of course, are the principles of how your brain learns best. Mm -hmm. So we're always reinforcing that. But it's super fun for me to start with a blank page and design a really, really powerful learning experience. And I just got off a call this morning where it's a it's a two and a half day live event that we're taking and we're going to do it virtually next year, which I, everybody can Ooh, relate to this. But boy. what is so exciting is we have just been given a blank page to design this however we want how exciting and that's what really sparks me that's definitely one the other is probably similar to you helping other people get to where you are faster Mm. you know just sharing your lessons learned and 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 i know that there have been mentors that have helped me move forward in ways that i never could have without them and now I get to do some of that, and it that's very joy. inspiring to me. That's a joy. <laughs> yes, that sure. definitely gets me going. I love that. It doesn't take much to get you no, going. No, it doesn't. It's just a spark plug. <laughs> so uh, what is the worst advice that you hear being given today? Oh, in relation to to work or career or whatever anywhere you want to take it the worst advice oh 
Valerie, that is such a great question. <laughs> well, I thought about it because um, just recently, I and I certainly didn't didn't say anything negatively back, but I heard someone giving advice to someone else, and it was in the it was a family situation, and um, in my heart, I wanted to say, "Oh, that's not very good advice." <laughs> of course, I didn't say that. But there are things going on out there in our world today that you can't listen to everyone. Here's where I'm coming from. I'll take the podcast as an example. When I started this podcast two years ago, I, like you, I'm a a lifelong learner, and I just tried to absorb and learn and talk to everybody I possibly could. And you know what happened? Everyone was saying something different. Mm. I was getting, well, you need to do social media. Here's another one. Oh, well, this is what you should do on social media. You need to do this. You need to post this often. You need to be on this. You don't need to be on that. All this advice. There's a lot of advice out there. Yes, there is. So, you know, are you hearing anything that people are saying, you know, I was just told to, and you were wanting, whether you say it or not, to say, I don't think that'd be a good idea. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Well, that is great. So, you know, when I think about on the side where I get to work with other coaches and other entrepreneurs, I would agree the worst advice I hear is people will say you need to immediately invest in all of these big things. You know, you need to invest ten, twenty thousand dollars into a website or and I'm gonna say no. I'm going to say, don't, I would, I would say that's not the greatest advice uh, because I feel like you will build your business because you deliver results. And, and when Mm -hmm. you deliver results, you're now seen as a strategic partner and those people are going to go and they're going to share their story with other people. So that's how we've built our business. I mean, one of the things I'm most proud of is that we have long-term relationships with so many of our clients. So that's just, that would be something I would say is, especially if you are the subject matter expert and you're an entrepreneur, stay in your lane. Like That's good. You really need to focus on human connection, Mm -hmm. like building strong relationships and delivering great results. Like your wheelhouse is in content usually. Mm -hmm. So I would start there. I would, I'd make that investment there. And all of that other is a nice to have. So I would definitely. It's really good advice. Believe that. You know, and when it comes to leaders, um, you know, I think, I think we've learned so much in the importance of leaders being uh, transparent and vulnerable and being real, yep. you know, and I think that's any anything that would go against that. Again, I think at the core of everything that we do is human connection. When you think about the number one threat being social rejection, <laughs> the mm-hmm. greatest thing we can do is build relationships because I don't care what industry you're in or what your title is. All of us are first and foremost in the relationship business. Absolutely. Because it's relationships that will get us results. 
that's so simple and everyone really <laughs> knows that but now we have to take time to do that i want to mention your book yes before we go any further and then i want to ask you some lessons learned so this is the book <laughs> And it is called Unforgettable Leadership, and it is the seven principles, and you mentioned several of them. And this is on Amazon, so I can't thank you. I can't wait to read it myself. Sherry, I asked you, as we close this out, I asked you to share some lessons that you've learned. And um, just to be clear with the audience, you've had ups and downs, too. Oh, yes. Don't, don't you just love it when someone says, oh, you just, you know, you just seem to have it all together. Oh, my goodness. Did you read my diary? <laughs> yeah. No one has it all together. <laughs> so as you, uh, I made notes because actually you sent me a ton of them. We only have time for a couple. So let me ask you a few. You said, um, <laughs> you're not going to be liked by everybody. I want to I mention like three or four of these. Highlight it. You're not going to be liked by everybody, but I want to be liked by everybody, I right? I w- that's that social rejection. So tell me what <laughs> I do with that, Sherry. <laughs> My husband and I call that BOFU, B-O-F-U. I'm sorry, F-O-B-U, FOBU is what Fobu. we call it, which is the fear of being unpopular. We both suffer from that. But it's true. You're not going to be liked by everyone. You're not. They're not going to be your people. But when I say you have a message and a style of delivering that message that hasn't been given to anybody else, if you stay true to that, you'll attract your people. That's a great lesson. Mm-hmm. In branding, just to tag on to that, uh, I like to say it's not about being famous. It's about being selectively famous to those people that are going to hear the message. Yes, I love that one. Uh, and then you said... struggle is real and essential struggle is real we know that but what do you mean it's essential you mentioned emotional intelligence you know a second ago and that's an area that i think so powerful you know emotional intelligence is being able to be resilient persist in the face of frustration all of those things well there's only one way to get that Right. And that's to go through struggle. The fire. That's it. There's only one way. I mean, I hate to quit uh, to keep quoting children's books, but we used to. I used to read a, a book to my kids. You know, we're going on a bear hunt, and and it would. There were different parts of the book, and it would say, "We can't go around it. We can't go over it. We can't go under it. You got to go through it." Mm. And I think that's so true in business. There's going to be you know, the ebbs and flows, uh, there are going to be highs and lows. And, but it's the learning. And, you know, it's so relevant to even where a lot of people are right now. I mean, you may find yourself in a spot where you've lost your job or that your revenue is not exactly what you forecasted for the year. But it's to lean, not to resist pain but to see pain as a teacher like it when those moments come you know never waste a crisis (laughs) lean into it ask what is this here to teach me what meaning am i giving this and what do i want to do with it because for us i think it was march 12th when so many of our events this year were either being postponed or canceled or 
And so in that moment, you get to decide what meaning, what story you're going to create around this. That goes right back to what you said. And, you know, if I say, what is this here to teach me? What opportunities exist right now that won't exist when life returns to whatever normal is? And, And it provided us opportunities to do things for our clients that we otherwise would not have had that opportunity to do. So it's about how fast can you pivot? And I know that Mm -hmm. we all have those moments where we might feel despair, you know, Mm -hmm. but the trick is to realize that's part of it. It's there to teach us something. And the faster you can lean into it, capture the teaching and, and be grateful for that and move forward, that's what builds that resilience and that emotional intelligence. Character. And that character. Absolutely. So many lessons. I'm just going to list a few of them, (laughs) other ones, and we can expand on them in the show notes. But um, you said your current rules are creating your current results. Mm. Go ahead and mention that one. It is so true. (laughs) We are creating our results, and usually the results that we're creating are coming from a place, typically from our rules or our beliefs. Our beliefs. Their thoughts. Mm-hmm. And we, if we, rather than blaming, complaining, and looking outward, when we're getting a result in our life that we like or we don't like, if we could really pay attention to how am I creating this? What role did I have in creating this result, Uh, good or bad? And own that. That's a hard question, (laughs) which is why I like to do most of my coaching over the phone. (laughs) Because when someone calls and they're complaining about something and you ask them, how are you creating this? Uh We don't want to look at that. But it's true. Our current rules really are creating our current results. Our beliefs mm-hmm. about and ourselves. And so what we have to do is challenge. And just to say, that's another cool thing about what's going on in our world right now. Because we've been forced into a new experience, I think it's going to blow up a lot of beliefs that will help create different results. You know, like one easy belief is the belief that everybody needs to go to work at the same time (laughs) and come home at the same time and you have to work in this building well people are recognizing that's really not the case in most jobs one of our clients they're not even going to have people return like they've been so productive working from home and if we hadn't been forced into that experience Mm -hmm. i don't know that that belief would ever have been questioned That's a great way to kind of summarize everything you're talking about. I love the the whole aspect of how the brain is is absorbing Mm -hmm. our life today. And there's always hope, Sherry. There's always hope. Yes, And if there's one thing I know about you and have learned and want to learn more about you, (laughs) you know how to raise other people's hopeometers. So so, I'm so glad you came on the show. And I want everyone to go out and get her book, as well as mine, of course, on Amazon. And I want to thank you for listening today. I hope you got some wonderful nuggets of inspiration I did and knowledge I did and wisdom I did from Sherry Yellen. And Sherry, we can reach you at? I'm at sherryyellen.com. 
That's easy. Yep. Or you can see us on Facebook. We have an Unforgettable Design Facebook group that uh, we have for people who design unforgettable learning experiences. Love to see you there as well. That's great. (laughs) I will be checking it out for sure. Um, And I just want to say in closing that, like Sherry, I get such a kick out of the work that I do when it's impactful for others. And I know that the one thing that anyone wants is to have more impact and influence as a leader. And so that's my niche is in creating uh, impact and influence for those of you who are in positions to influence other people. And the way to do that is your presence. How do you show up? And all that goes on with how you show up, how you look, act, walk, talk, and are from the inside out. And then who you are, the depth to your toes of that real and authenticity. Who are you as a person and are you showing up as such without putting on a hat and trying to be all those shoulds and oughts and so forth. Don't even try it because faking just doesn't make it. (laughs) And again, I want to thank you for hitting that subscribe button, hitting the share button, and come back next time when I'll have another fabulous guest guest to share their gifts of wisdom. So bye for now. Thanks, Sherry. Thank you. It was an honor. It was fun. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.